It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, we appreciate you joining us for our latest podcast. This one is going to be focused on the Rays coaching staff because on Monday the 14th, uh, the Rays announced that Rodney Linares is now the Rays' new bench coach. Brady Williams is the new third base coach as Brady was the manager in Durham. And the new field coordinator is going to be Tomas Francisco. Tomas was the Rays minor league catching coordinator. Now, these positions and moves were created by the fact that Matt Quattrero became the the manager of the Kansas City Royals. He had been the Rays bench coach. And Paul Hoover, who was the Rays field coordinator, joining him in Kansas City as Q's bench coach. So you'll hear an order from Rodney Linares, Brady Williams, and Tomas Francisco. We start with the new bench coach of the Rays, who, of course, also is going to be managing the World Baseball Classic Dominican Republic team. That's Rodney Linares. Rodney has been the Rays' third base coach the past four years. Rodney, congratulations. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Appreciate it. You know, uh, just another, another uh, humbling experience. You know, I've, I've dreamt about this, and you know, finally it happened, and you know, I'm happy for for Q getting the opportunity, but I'm also happy that I'm, I get a chance to help out the Rays a little bit more uh, now on the bench. Tell me um, how you were told and uh, what the whole process was like. Uh, I got a call from Cash, uh, I'm going to say a week ago. Uh, he asked me, uh, he said, you know, I trust you and uh, you're ready for this. Uh, we talked a little bit and, you know, I said, okay. And then it was just a matter of getting the uh, contract done uh, with Pete. That got done within five minutes. So it, it wasn't a long process. You know, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. You know, I appreciate, uh, and, you know, I can't say enough about the Rays organization and, and the way they treat their, you know, their employees, everybody, everybody has a say. It's, it's just a family, so it wasn't it wasn't that hard to just agree on the terms real quick. Who was the next call to once you got the news from Kevin? Was it to your dad, who's obviously been a lifer in the game? Yeah, yeah, always, like always, like as soon as you know, I turn around. My fiance was there with me. I turn around and I told her. She started jumping. You know, she was she was happy. We talked about it about a week ago. Uh, when Q was going through the process, uh, just, you know, what if if this happens? And, and then I turned around, I was on the phone with Kevin. She was right next to me, and I told her, and she started jumping up and down. But then I, my, then my first phone call was my dad. I called my dad, and you know, he said, I'm, you know, super proud and excited for you. It's a new chapter. Just do what you do, and you know what you're doing. And, uh, that, that was it. it it was least, it was least emotional than the first call when I got hired hmm. to be the third base coach, and I was like, "Oh, you're the bench." Oh, okay, good. Hmm. So, it's old hat now, right? Was he more emotional when you found out you were managing WBC, or or this? Yeah, like 
he was more. Mo- I think he was more emotional when I got the opportunity to be in the big leagues. I think this was something that me and my dad talked about for so long, and then you know after being in an organization for a long, long period of time, and it did materialize, and then it materialized with the Rays. I think he was more happy about that. Uh, you know, being being named the manager of the classic is like icing on the cake. He was happy. He he, he, he the, his words were, you know, I knew this was going to happen. You're ready for this, and just like do your thing, and just don't change. But I think he was more happy about me getting my first opportunity to be in the big than anything else. My dad is a, is, is a is, he's not very emotional, but he got really emotional when I called him the first time that I was in a, a big league job with the Rays. So I was I will I will forever be grateful for the Rays, and, and that was probably one of the highlights of my career. Just hearing my dad kind of choke up and cry. And, that was pretty special. How much have the last four years helped you prepare for this? Obviously, you managed a lot in the minor leagues, but how much being with the Rays the last four years gets you ready to be a bench coach now with Kevin? You know, managing in the minor leagues, I think, prepared me for a lot of things in the big leagues. One of them was coaching third, because when you're managing in the minor leagues, you do coach third base. Uh, you don't have a third base coach. I think the last couple of years they started doing it in AAA. Uh, but I think that being there, being there, seeing the process, seeing how we operate, knowing that you know we we don't, we can't do things like other teams do, and it's kind of like I like the challenge and I like the way the the whole process goes when, when we're talking about the week and talking about the days, talking about you know how the guys are progressing. I think being around that and being more involved now with the day to day. You know, operations. I think it's. I'm. I'm ready for the challenge. I know it's going to be a challenge, and I've. I've voiced my opinion. I told Cassie. I said I'm ready for it, but you know, I can't wait to just see the day-to-day things that, you know, Q was such a big part of what we did, and you know, those are some big shoes. So I'm. I'm. I'm pretty happy to be the guy to try to fill them, but I'm going to try to do my best. Part of this is also you're seeing the game from a different vantage point. You're seeing the game again from the dugout. I'm guessing when you're coaching third, there are maybe things you see, but you can't say something either to Kevin or to a player in real time because you're also at your third base coaching spot. Now you have the ob- opportunity to be able to do some of that. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think the, the, the you know, being, being, on, the, being on, on the field for the last four years and seeing how the game goes and knowing that a lot of the decisions that you make are like, uh, you know, last-minute decisions. They're, they're, they're based on, you know, uh, the, the sport of the game. Now being on the bench is a little bit more controlled. Uh, there are things that I can control. When you're, at, when you're at, at third base, there's a lot of things that you can't control. You do a lot of things based on, you know, knowing the arm of the, 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 the outfielder, uh, the sport of the game, who's hidden, you know, what do we got on the play in the book? Like a lot of things, but it's more reaction than anything else. I think this is more of like, you know, thinking ahead three innings and, and talking to Cashy and making sure we're on the same page and, you know, just watching the game from a different uh, vantage point. And, you know, I'm, I'm, re- I'm, I'm more than happy and I'm ready for the opportunity. I would think you also can help further deliver a message. I mean, because of the fact that you're now the bench coach, does that change anything? You've got, you know, nearly half the, the players were Spanish-speaking players. 
being that you are bilingual, and, and I think it's great, too, that there have been now three additional coaches over the last year or so who are also bilingual, how much will that help in getting Kevin's message either even more firmly across? I think 100%. I think it helps 100%. Uh, but, you know, bottom line is it doesn't matter if, if, if you know, if it's bilingual or who you got to talk to as long as the message gets delivered the right way. I think we're all, we are all on the same page. I think Cashy does a great job of communicating with the coaches, with the players. But, like you said, like during the games, there's a lot of things that probably get, can get lost in press. So I'm, I'm pretty happy that I'm, I get to be the, the – uh, you know, the, the go-to guy to go talk to the guys and, and talk to them. I've talked to most of the players, uh, especially Atlanta guys, after being, you know, named the bench coach. And, you know, most of them called me before it was uh, official because they saw stuff online and they saw that you got the job, you know. And uh, that, that uh, you know, that just tells you, like, the kind of rapport that we have with, with our players. Like, we try to involve our players in everything trying to make sure that they understand that we want what's, what's best for them, but at the same time, we also want to compete and win and what's best for them. You know, you also can obviously help players, but you can help coaches too. This will be Brady Williams, and we'll hear from him in a little bit, his first chance to coach at the major league level. Uh, very similar path, I think, to you in terms of a lot of managerial experience at the minor league level. How can you help him in terms of coaching third at the major league level? I think it's going to be the same thing. When I got to the big leagues, I, you know, I, I went to Q, I went to Ozzy, I asked the coaches, I asked, you know, how do, how do I prepare? What do you guys see? What do you guys do? I think Brady's been around the game a long time. I think we have a really good relationship, you know, since he's been the, the uh, AAA manager. I've always seen him at spring training. We always talked about infielders. So he works with infielders. We always talked about with infielders. It's going to be the same thing, you know. It's just a matter of understanding that, you know, we need be going through the process and being helped by Q and being helped by guys like Ozzy and Cashy when he, when he has the, the, the opportunity anytime. But it's, it ultimately is going to be up to, you know, to him, uh, you know, adjusting to the big league life. The only, again, the only advice that I can give him is, you know, uh, you just got to watch the game. Just watch the game and do what you do and you know, be okay. Rodney, I'm curious, too, you mentioned the rapport that you guys have and that he also does work with infielders. How much can that also help you? Um, because, obviously, you're going to have additional a lot of additional responsibilities beyond the infielders. 100%. I think 100%. I think that's one of the – that's going to be a key. That's going to be key because, you know, we do have a lot of guys, and now with the other responsibilities, that it's, kind of be, it's going to be kind of like he did. Like, he helped me out a lot. He would he would go out and hit ground balls and like whenever I would, whenever I needed him he would be out there so I'm I'm expecting the same thing from you know from Brady I'm expecting him to be a part of, and again like we as an organization do such a great job with the hires and the guys that we get into the organization and the guys that are here like Tomas and, and Brady and all the other guys that you know eventually are going to get an opportunity to be in the big leagues that you know when they when they get here they all they do is help. Like they try to help, we try to get involved, and they, they understand their roles. And, uh, you know, since you kind of touched on how at the beginning of this, being happy for Q, did you talk with Q at all about it? Um, and, and Or has he messaged you since? I, I know people are very happy for him for this opportunity, as you I, said at the top. I, I mean, I've always been, I've always texted with Q a lot in the offseason. 
probably more more than I do with all the other coaches. His cues, you know, we've always talked about winter ball. We always talked about, you know, what's happening, family and all that stuff. I did text him when he got the job first. When he was getting an interview, we were text back and forth. But when he got the job, I texted him. He texted back. He called me a couple days later and we talked about what eventually ended up happening with Hoop and all that, which I'm, you know, ecstatic and happy for Hoop, too. You know, I think he deserves it. And, you know, I'm happy that Kansas City got to, not that happy that they got two good guys, but they did get two really good guys to go over there. Well, we're happy that uh, we've got a, a really good guy with us who continues to take on an added role this year. And Rodney, we're looking forward to working with you uh, during the course of the season. Excited for you as the bench coach, and we appreciate some time on our latest podcast. You too, man. I'm, I'm excited. And, you know, thank you for everything. Like uh, again, like everybody in town, by like it's been it's been such a blessing in my career and in my life to be a part of not only the organization but you know the community city of Tampa, you know, St. Petersburg, like I love it, love the city, love the fans, and thank you for everything, man. Talk soon, okay? Well, we appreciate the chance to chat with Rodney Linares, now the Rays bench coach, and the guy who will be now the third base coach for the Rays joins us, and that's Brady Williams. Brady, first of all, congratulations. I appreciate it, Neil, and uh, good to see you, good to talk to you. Um, Excited for the opportunity, for sure. Tell me what this means to you, because you certainly have grinded your way through uh, pretty much every level at the minor leagues as, as a coach and manager to get here. Yeah, there's a lot of emotion, a lot of, a lot of thoughts through my head, and a lot of people to thank. Uh, I'd probably be a, a very long podcast for all the people I'd probably thank um, along the way, but it's been a long a long time in the minor leagues, um, 16 years, 13 as a manager, so um, you know I've had a lot of good experiences and some not so good, so Hopefully all those experience can lend to, you know, making some good decisions over there at third for our major league team. Um, you know, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun to grow and develop um, and now to get this opportunity at the highest level. Um, and in all honesty, it's a, dream, it's a dream come true. Who broke the news to you? Was it Eric? Was it Peter? Was it Kevin Cash? Uh, Cash called me. Um, you know, we, we, we talk a lot in the season and. Um, it was a really cool phone call. Um, it was just me and my boys. I got a seven-year-old and a four-year-old at home. And so we were we were actually eating dinner. My wife was working. And so he's like, put it on speakerphone. And so I put it on speakerphone. And he's, he, um, he's like, boys, he was talking to my two sons. He's like, you guys do me a favor? They're like, yeah. Like, can you ask your dad if he wants to be the third base coach of the Rays next year? And... Um, I was I was at a loss for words. I, I thought he was joking with me. So it was um it was very it was a very sweet phone call to say to, to say the least. So I assume you called your wife first after that. Um, who who was next? Your brother, your dad? Because obviously they have been in the game. Your dad obviously was a baseball lifer. Your your brother. How did that proceed? I did not because my wife was working. She was teaching yoga, so you can't. I couldn't call her. Um, and just had to wait for her to get home. And so I called my dad. My dad was the first one I called. Um, and my mom, my mom started crying. My dad was, he was a loss for words. I think because of just the, you know, he's seen the, the development and the, the growth of, over the years with me. And he was hoping for an opportunity, you know, at some point to see me uh, get a chance up there and, um, you know, to do it for your hometown team. Um, you know, he's, He's here. He watches every night, and so 
it gives them more more of a reason to watch now. Does that make it extra special for you, being that it's in your backyard? You live here in the off season. Yeah, I think a little bit. I mean, I've I grew up here. I mean, I was grew up in Dunedin. Um, you know, went to Clearwater Central Catholic, and then um, you know have started a family here, and so to be here and to do it for your team and to see the success they've had over the course of the last, you know, 10, 10 years or so, uh, even more recently to, to, to finally be a part of that and hopefully get us to, you know, that world series that we've been, been trying to get to. Rodney Linares, the guy you're replacing at third base coach is now the bench coach. How much will it help to have him on the staff? Because obviously you've coached third many years in the minor leagues, but getting to know the league, the ballparks, the different arms, all of that stuff will be new for you somewhat. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be huge. And, you know, me and Rodney have a good relationship, you know, with being both infield guys. And over the course of the last three or four spring trainings, getting to know him, really happy for him and his new role. Uh, he's going to be great at it. He just has a really great baseball mind. And, um, you know, to pick his brain on, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to come up. And, you know, to have that um, person that's been there, done that, to kind of lean on him at times, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be huge. Brady, what makes a good third base coach? Because obviously when you manage, you do it a fair amount, and you've obviously got to see a lot of third base coaches over the years. What makes someone good at that spot? Well, preparation is key. I don't, I wouldn't say what makes a good third base coach. I would ask the question of what makes a bad third base coach because <laughs> you, you don't want to screw up over there. Um, and decisions that you make, they, they shouldn't be reactionary. They should be, they should be thought out. Um, like I said, you should be prepared on where, where the ball is hit, who your runner is. Um, there's a lot of scenarios that go into it. And, you know, I had a pretty good teacher and my dad who had done it for many years. And he always said, and I believe this, the best third base coach can is probably about the 10th or 15th row behind the dugout. <laughs> um, just because you get a better view of the, of the field. And so your decisions, you have to make your decisions quick. Um, but when you make your decisions, make them with um, the intent. You don't want to send somebody and stop somebody at the same time. That's just, that's, that's just bad for everybody involved. And so make your decision um, and be prepared. How much will it help that you have managed so many of these players before Brady, that you know a lot about them and also your comfort level being on part of a new staff as a third base coach versus managing? You know, we talk about a lot, even in the minor leagues about, you know, just the, the cohesiveness and just the ability to be, uh, with your players more often um, and how much that can affect. I mean, you know, there's teams that, that I've had where it just takes time uh, to get them on the same page. And when that happens, um, you usually have better results. And so for me to have, you know, co coach or manage a lot of these guys, they, the familiarity with me and them, hopefully it's hopefully it helps. Um, you know, I'm excited to see this young group come up. They've had a ton of success in the minors and have gotten their feet wet in the major leagues. And now it's time for them to kind of hopefully take the next step and start, you know, you know impacting our major league team in a, in a positive way because there's a, there's a ton of talented players. Um, and I don't think the fan base has seen um, the same production that I've seen over the course of the last three years. So I'm excited for that. And for you, from a transition standpoint, does that make the transition easier, just knowing more of the players that much better? I would hope so. I mean – you know, even the guys that are in the major leagues, I have not coached. I've had, you know, a chance to be around them, you know, over the last three or four years. Um, you know, the Yanni Diaz, the, the Rosa Reynas, the Brandon Lowes, um, 
to kind of they kind of they kind of know what I'm about, and so hopefully it helps these guys that are in Durham. The past couple of years, they they already know, and um, like I said, I'm just excited to get going and and uh, and start this thing up. Brady, what other responsibilities will you have? Obviously, Rodney worked a lot with the infielders. Will you do some of that? Are there other things that you're going to kind of handle because there has been, you know, some turnover this year with the staff? Well, there's been even more now. And so, you know, we'll see what they want to do. Um, you know, initially or originally it was going to be infield and outfield to help out in that area. Um, you know, losing Matt Cotrero and, and, and Paul Hoover's, you know, those are big shoes to fill as far as a lot of stuff behind the scenes. And, um, you know, I think all of us uh, involved are going to have to help um, to kind of get up to speed because there's a lot of new staff members. Your comfort level, you mentioned you chatted with Kevin and obviously it was a great way that he broke the news to you and you chatted with him almost on a regular basis as a manager. How much does that help just the rapport that the two of you have and, and what have you admired most about him from afar? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, and, and, just love the way about him. He just, he trusts uh, his staff to do, to do their job. Um, he definitely uh, holds people accountable and he has a very high standard of what is expected of not just the staff, but the players. And so it makes it very easy for, for all of us. I mean, especially me being a manager, um, you know, the expect, expectation of practice and like what, what that means and how, how much that matters to, to how well we play. I mean, he's a, he's a big, um, proponent of, of, of doing things uh, hard, but short, you know, you, you work hard, uh, but you're not going to just go out there and, and, and do a bunch of stuff. And so I think it's going to help not only me, but all the, all, all the new staff um, because he allows us to do our job. And, and speaking of trust, you know, this organization, I think also trusts it, it generally speaking, other than Rodney, most of the guys who've been added to the, the major league coaching staff over the years, <laughs> have come from the inside and have moved their way through. How much does that mean as well, that, that this organization trusts guys and moves them through like that? Yeah, I think it's awesome. And, you know, maybe more this year, but over the course of the last three or four years, the guys have, have gotten a chance up there um, through the system, you know, and for our minor, league, our, our minor league system to continue to develop and have the success they've had just speaks volumes of the total group. Um, you know, we all have one goal, and that's to win a World Series, even in the minor leagues, and that's to, to help develop these players so when they do get a chance uh, at the highest level to not just be a part of the team but impact the team in a positive way. Well, having talked with you for so many years, uh, Brady, I'm super excited for you uh, as well as your family. Looking forward to seeing you in, in spring training and glad that you're now part of the Major League staff. You know, it's always been a joy chatting with you and I uh, look forward for more conversation. I uh, appreciate it. And uh, let's go Rays. Well, we certainly appreciate the time of Brady Williams and very happy for him on his journey. And the same goes for our next guest. He is now field coordinator for the Rays at the big league level after more than a decade with this organization as a player and a coach. And that's Tomas Francisco. Tomas, congratulations. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me here. Tell me what this means to you. Can you put it in any perspective? Oh my gosh, huge. This is something that I've been waiting my whole career, um, starting in 2006 as a player, then coach, um, manager, um, catching coordinator, and just grateful every single opportunity that the Grace family has given me in the past couple of years. So we are speaking to you while you're in Santo Domingo for winter ball, right? 
Yes, yes. I'm working with Aguilar Sivainas as a bench coach right now, just getting off the ball to start their workout. So we found out from Brady Williams that Kevin Cash was a little bit creative when he told him about the job. How did you find out you were joining the major league staff? I was, it was funny. I was on the way to the field. I didn't know how, how it is in here with the cell phones. And when we started talking, I'm like, okay, I got an idea where this is going to go. And the call just went off. He called me back and it's like, did you hear anything? I'm like, no, this is not over. And when he gave me the news, I was so excited. I was shaky. I, I told him I'm so nervous right now. It was it was huge for me. So who was your next phone call to? Uh, soon, yeah, and as soon as he called me, I called my wife just to give me the news. She was just screaming so, so happy. And then my parents. And how about your teammates and your your group for the winter ball team you're with? Uh, I, I wait until we won the game, after the game, and say, hey, guys, I know we just won a game, but I got some news for you guys. Um, finally, after almost 16 years in the minor leagues, I, I got the call. I'm going to be a big league coach. And they were so happy about it. Now, are there any guys who are with the Rays organization that are with that team or guys that you know really well? Uh, yes, right now uh, in here, Joe Markson, he was a catcher in to play for Durham. He is with, with us in here. And this morning, he sent me a test, like, just asking, hey, are you a big league coach now? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> There's a couple more guys that are around. Have, have the Rays talked to you much about your responsibilities? What types of things will you be doing on the big league staff and how different will it be? Uh, it's similar to what I've been doing in the past, studying, um, you know, scheduling um, on the daily basis, making sure that everybody knows exactly what they're going to do during the day. Also, well, spring training, morning, just getting away in the past couple years. Tell me how much, uh, obviously, you're taking a spot on the staff that was headed by Paul Hoover. Have you talked to Hoover at all? And what does it mean? Because I know you guys had a pretty good relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, as you know, who is one of my mentors. And we talked just last night on the phone, and he was like so excited about it. But at the same, at the same time, it was for him too, because even now that he's leaving the organization, he's leaving for for good, and he's for here. And he was so happy. I'm the same way with him. And we're going to still in contact, like we are close and just excited for both in our careers. You know, you touched on on your wife. Um, how about the rest of your family? I mean, you grew up in a baseball family, right? How much does this yeah. mean to your family to know that you're part of a big league staff now? Yeah, so like I say, when I'm cash called me, I was on the way to the field. So my parents just wait after the game. And when my dad and my mom saw me, they just gave me a big hug, start crying. You know, it's been it's been a long journey, and they're just so happy and proud of the way I've been doing with the race organization. And I would guess also because you really had to grind. I mean, this was you know they say for a lot of guys it's not easy, but I mean you went through the player route, then you went to the coaching route. Um, that that's it was a long journey. Yeah, it was like, like I say, it's been four or five years in the minor leagues as a player, then five years in the DSL as a catching coach, 
two years as a hitting coach, one year as a manager, and the past three or four years as a catching coordinator. So it, it's, it's, it was a long journey, but also just a whole learning process of how, how to do things and, and how to uh, create new ideas and new things just to help players at the end of the day. From that standpoint, because you know so many of the players coming through the organization, how much do you think that will help make it easier for you with your your major league teammates? No, I, I, I would say it is going to be easy getting even getting into the clubhouse because I know most of the guys, most of those guys either have it in the minor leagues or I have it in winter role. So I, I know most of the players and know what type of guys they are and how to interact with them as a player, but also as a person, too. And I asked Brady the same question, but the fact that they're promoting within, the confidence the organization is showing within the people who've come up through the minor leagues, what does that mean to you? I mean, it's great. It's just the way we are, the culture that we create, the family that we are. That's, to me, that's, that's who we are. We are a family. And it doesn't matter what position you are or who you are, we're all the same. And we try to treat people the same way we want us to be treated. If I'm in a position right now, it's because the people around me helped me to get to that position. Well, we're super excited for all of you. Tomas, continued success in winter ball. um, And we will see you in spring training. Thank you so much, Neil, and hope to see you soon. Well, great stories from Rodney Linares and also Brady Williams as well as Tomas Francisco. We appreciate all of them being on our podcast today. Our next podcast is going to come pretty quick because on the 15th, uh, teams have to decide what players they're going to add and protect from the Rule 5 draft, and that means some transactions are coming. So we'll break all of that down with you. I don't know if we'll have the podcast the night of the 15th or the morning of the 16th, but either way, you can also check out our blog, raceradio.mlblogs.com. A new podcast to come this week for sure. Thanks so much for being with us, and we will chat with you soon. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.